This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Play two. One, two. Top of the league. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Here we are then, boys. Um, I'll open the floor. Dave, how are you feeling? I'm very well, thanks, Ben. Not just generally. How are you feeling about um, about what, what's going on here? No, it's 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 pretty good, isn't it? I think it's pretty much as as much as we could have hoped for for the first week. I would wager, probably. Joe, we spoke so much, didn't we, about this idea of clubs that are ready to go and clubs that are not ready to go. Are we? Is that really what we're seeing here at the start of August? I think it's. I think it's definitely helping, isn't it? The fact we are effectively playing the same team that finished last season. I know there's a difference in goalkeeper, but this is a squad that's been together a long time, and it's. It probably still needs a couple of extra bodies to to really help push on and take advantage of this strong start. But ultimately, what we got now is just a continuation of last season. And when you look at the records that are currently tumbling, you can see that it's just pure momentum is just carrying us through, isn't it? Dave, are we are we reaching a podcast peak here? Maybe I think we probably are. I thought about this earlier. Didn't we uh, that four three win over Mill that season? Were we not? Did we not win the first four? Hey, we, can I just come in on that? We did have a winning streak at the start of that season. Yeah, I know it, it was one of the luckiest winning streaks. Yeah, okay. No, I'll take your point. I'll take your point. Yeah, it wasn't nowhere near as convincing to be fair, Ben. So, um, yeah, I think this is probably a high point for the pod. I'd, I'd, I'd probably say, yeah. Should we end the show there? Let's not end the show there. Let's start the show there because we're talking today, of course, about Ipswich's 2-0 win at Stoke. Um, Two for two, as we said, only two teams on six points. A perfect start, literally, points-wise, in the Championship. We're here live and in the flesh on YouTube. Please get your comments in. I'll start popping some of them up as the boys are giving their analysis of the Stoke game. And of course, we'll go to a bit of Q and A. If you want to just put nice, happy thoughts in after lots of moany podcasts over the years, feel free to do that. If you're listening after the fact, do feel free to come and join us um, each and every Sunday live at 8pm on YouTube. But if you're a podcast 
Dave, if they're old school and they're listening on the audio feed, that's absolutely fine, isn't it? Yeah, like, like the audio feed. No, he's old school. He's proper old school. Um, let's get straight into this then, Joe. And I must actually confess, I didn't think that we would see um, this 11 uh, that we actually got. Let me just go straight into um, the teams here. Um, so it was Hlaki in goal, Danassian, Wolfenden, Burgess, Davis, Luongo, Morsi, Burns, Chaplin, Broadhead, Hurst. So unchanged, right? No Clark, no um, Taylor potentially getting ready um, to, you know, sort of start making his play for a first team shirt. Um, what, what, what were your thoughts when you saw it unchanged, Joe? Um, it's probably what I expect. I, I, the only thing I wasn't sure on was Harry Clark because... He'd obviously come on for a few minutes midweek, looked relatively sharp when he came on. And then, but then there were some comments in the press conference before, and it's like, is, is he going to be about or not? And people had seen him arrive at the stadium. So it was really just him. But once he wasn't in the starting lineup and on the bench, then you thought, well, okay, well, it's obviously he's still not ready, ready to start a league game. So, yes, yeah, keeping the same as it was. Obviously, Jack Taylor is the one who's probably going to put pressure on relatively soon, but I thought Morsey and especially Luongo were magnificent at Sunderland. So it's going to be very, very difficult to drop either of them, isn't it? And yesterday's performance is going to make that even harder. What are you laughing at, Dave? No, he's, he's not going to challenge them anytime soon. If they keep up that level of performance, it was just ridiculous yesterday from both, really. Dave, that entire eleven, I know George Hurst on loan, played in League One last season. Yeah. Yeah, quite. Yeah, I think as Joe quite rightly said, it is momentum and that, you know, togetherness, familiarity, however you want to put it. Um, just a good feeling around the squad, isn't it? And um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get on to the star performers, but yeah, just a great performance yesterday, wasn't it? So much so that, you know, Stoke got forced into a change after, what's it, 34 minutes, was it? Something like that. I mean, you don't really see that that often at that level, do you? But um yeah, it was uh, pretty comprehensive, really. Yes, we had to defend our box a few times, which we did really well. But, yeah, just absolutely outplayed them, really. Let's have a look at the bench uh, yesterday. Jackson, Harness, uh, Hutchison, Taylor. Sorry, Hutchinson, Taylor. Uh, Ladapo, Ball, uh, Evans. We need to do some scrolling here. Lee and Slicker. Um, let's have a look at the Stoke team. Um Dave, before I read this team, I felt far more trepidatious about facing Stoke maybe going into the game than I did before before the season started with all the with all the sort of signings. Okay. So it's a very I don't know, tell me whether you agree with that or not in a minute, but um Travis in goal. I mean he went up with Bournemouth. Yeah, he uh, did, yeah. Hoover's in on loan from Wolves, Rose. Okay, maybe surplus to requirements at Coventry, but uh, Wilmot's been decent at this level for a few clubs now. Stevens has gone up with Sheffield United. Pearson has been with mm. um, Alex Neal before at Preston. Josh Laurent at Reading has always been serviceable. Don't know much about Chiquinho. You guys are about to tell me about him. We do know a lot about Dan Johnson, who we've seen over the years many, many times. Vidigal started the season absolutely on fire and don't know too much about my, 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 my up top. Um, <laughs> worried about this Stoke team going in? Because I, I was, I've got to be honest. No, not particularly. I mean, they obviously had a good win last week, a thumping good win last week. But um, 
you know, no, not really. I mean, uh, Rich and Rich and Seb, yeah, not to big them up on the pod, but said, yeah, you know, the very experienced side got got some good experience, brought some new new young players in from from abroad, um, and were sort of, uh, yeah, needed to be careful with this one, but just right from the off, we were just absolute. I thought dominated them right from the off. Other than that period, perhaps just before half time when they made the switch and bought on the twenty mil, well, the ex twenty million pound striker Stop Wesley. It. <laughs> it was sort of hang, hang on, what? Um, more like a Tony Stone striker these well, days. Well, well, yeah. He, he, to be fair, Joe, he did he did make a difference at first, didn't he? he did yeah, was, no, no, he, he did. did yeah. David, to... as long as it's not Wesley Houlihan, who's got no business coming no, no, near no, Portland no, Road after he's punished stuff over the years. It wasn't Wesley Houlihan or Wesley Snipes. It wasn't him either. <laughs> but um, but we. Um, but um, we, are the um, only two Wesleys you know? Oh, I'm sure there's others out there. <laughs> Wes Craven. Uh, Wes Craven, of course. Yeah. Okay. But um, no, but other you know, other than that, no. And and Chiquinho, was it who played right? He was the one that got hooked after you know half an hour or so. Um, he was fairly anonymous. He certainly didn't appear to be doing much tracking back. It was just a complete change of formation, and they, I think they pushed Vidigal over to the right then. But um, no, not 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 for me. Not for me, think- really. Do you think you could do a sort of Chiquinho chant to Cecilia, Dave? Oh, do you think so? I think you probably could. The Simon, the Simon and Garfunkel uh, track, I'm sure you could, yeah. That was kind of an invitation for you to try and well, do that. I'll, probably I'll, probably, I'll, I'll, I'll save that for the end. I'll save it for the end. <laughs> the great thing is you would have done it in David Bowie's voice because that's, that's the voice you use. That's the only voice I'd do it in any way, yeah. So, um, Joe, Dave's making me feel a bit silly about my opinion on Stoke. Do you agree with him? Um, the, the only reason where I thought we might hurt them is because, like you say, we've got this settled team running into it where they've had a lot of changes. But you saw their result last week, and I know it's against Rotherham at home, who um, are sort of probably tipped to be relegated <laughs> this year and probably one of the um, weakest squads in the division. But Alex Neal is a, obviously a very good manager at this level. And you never, really, you never really know with Stoke what is going on. And it does seem like they are backing him, doesn't it? Like they've gone out and given him a lot of time to bring in his players, especially players like Dan Johnson, who are players who've played with him previously. So you'd think that they'd be sort of quite up on his patterns of play. And I thought at times their pressing was good, but we just, like I say, that performance, especially that sort of first half hour, was just out of this world, really, wasn't it? Uh, let me do the... Um, we just had it rightly pointed out. What Wes's do you know? Wes, Wes Burns. Um, it should have been one that maybe we'd have. But it's, it's like when you get put on the spot, isn't it? What's your favourite song? You can't think of anything. Uh, let me just do the Stoke bench. So we've got this completely covered. And you can tell me about that first half hour, guys. Um, the aforementioned Wesley uh, Dwight Gale. You can still find him. Uh, Sidibe, um, I believe, is that the young? Is that the youngster, Joe? He's he's probably one to keep an eye on. Yeah, he's um, only 16, isn't he? But yeah. it's Mamadi it's Sidibe's son, isn't it? So is it actually? Sidibe. Yeah, yes, big mama. Yeah. Who was the Sidibe that scored for Gillingham? Yeah, that's yeah, so big mama. Him, is it? And yeah. he was stoke for a few years too. Yeah, ah, interesting. Uh, Thompson Lowe, uh, Okagbu, excuse me if I've butchered that, Tymon McNally, um, surprised he's not in the mm. team, um, and Bonham. Um, do you want to take me through this um, start then, Joe, and maybe pass over to Dave for the goal? Well, just right from the very off, wasn't it? We were right on top of them, and they tried to sort of get some passing over the back, and twice they passed it straight to Wesley Burns, who got the ball and just broke. One time he ended up 
sort of we created something another time he had a shot which keeper made a good save and I don't know if it was dipping over or not but then it was a corner cleared away for another corner then another corner and sort of in the first 15 minutes like this I looked at the clock and I said bloody hell there's only sort of like 18 minutes gone here and we are absolutely we could be 3-0 up at this point and that just carried on carried on until Effectively, Sam Morsey puts in a free kick, which he put in one earlier in the game. And I said, why is Morsey taking set piece? It was quite a weak one. And just, just as he stepped up to take the next one, as I said to my dad next to me, why is Morsey taking these? He never seems to sort of strike them that well, as yeah. Luke Walker in Rose and <laughs> edited it in at the back post. And one nil up and, yeah, just the most positive start. And even the goal didn't stop it after that point. It just carried on and carried on. And like I said, it wasn't until they made the change to bring Wesley on up top that things did slow down a bit. Dave, we've talked about set plays and confidence and winning teams score set plays and losing teams don't score mm. set plays. I, I just don't. I think Stuart Watson tweeted, remember when Ipswich were rubbish at set plays? It's not, Dave, it's not a out of the. Is it that great a flat delivery to the back no, post? No, no, I was going to say it wasn't, it wasn't any, you know, it wasn't oh, like he's a, scoring know, these a, a all Lee, the time. you know, a Lee Evans whip or anything like that. It's just a good flat ball. You know, I like that sort of ball. He actually hits it right through. He doesn't just dolly it up there. He kicks through the ball, so it sort of, you know, spins up. And um, oh, Wolfenden, it was just magnificent all game, just, you know, higher than his man sort of or adjacent on right on the edge of the six yard box and yeah perfect head of low Travers where he didn't have a chance really um well, Dave the flat trajectory often stops the keeper being able to run out and come and yeah good point patch, yeah because it? it's not hanging there yeah it's, it's it's drifting and Joe said he took one earlier and right in front of us the same um and I said to Kieran I said why is he why is Morsey taking these what's going on I haven't, I haven't seen this as something new and um yeah just yeah good delivery in a good area and yeah Wolf and was just I think Wolfram and Burgess, perhaps perhaps Burgess did a bit of blocking there, but yeah, good header, low, and um, yeah, no, certainly no more than we um, than we deserve. As Joe said, could easily have been two or three by that time. Um, Skip has actually played lyricist here, so I'll do it. <clears throat> Chiquinho hooked on the half hour. You're off for a shower, Chiquinho. But then you're gonna have to Chiquinho. You're gonna have to do it again. It's it, it's good. Um, let's move. Yeah, on. it's good. Let's move on to. I think the idea was good. Really, it's the it's the inception there. Um, so we don't often get managers acknowledge in game that they've got it completely wrong and they need to just completely shake it up and get the ball away from their goal. But I'm sure you've watched it, Alex Neal's interview afterwards. Dave, he was literally we couldn't get out. I needed a big guy up front and. <laughs> No, no, that was I made it. a change after half hour. It was that he was very honest about it. Yeah, no, that was, he was he was totally honest. I think you know, to be fair, I know you know why they're not. There'll always be a scammer and stuff like that. But yeah, he's always you know to be fair, Alex Neal, he's always been fairly straight in front of the you know when he's interviewed. You know he doesn't um, you know there's, there's no real BS from him. I can't you know I don't mind him. I don't mind him at all. So yeah, he had it spot on that they needed it. They certainly needed an out at that point. And yeah, he did. Mate, we yeah we. They had a few bits and pieces around the box about that time from about for that sort of five, ten minute spell when he came on and not till half time, probably seven, eight minute spell. Um they got a bit more control of the game, were landing on the ball. And they did create say, one or two problems. Lackey, I think, made quite a good save low down, probably was their best chance, I think. Um but then we you know, then we got to grips with it again and again, 
a beautiful bit of play just before half time where Chaplin slides in and does the hook. So he slides into his man from behind. And as he's sliding, hooks the ball back in one movement. Absolutely brilliant. Lays it off to Burns. That would have been a picture goal, Joe, wouldn't it? When Burns sort of first time cross and half volley from Hurst sort of seemed to me clip the, just clip the outside of the post, didn't it? Yeah, I, I thought the keeper had saved it. But yeah, it looks like it hits the post sort of from that angle. But no, that's just really neat, really... I say we were just on it and nice, you, yeah. both the managers said how we sort of went one-to-one all over the pitch and we just, all our, all their players just won their battles all over and we were really, really brave on the ball at the back. We were sort of happy to soak up their press and just work around it and it was just, I think it was one of those ones where it was only 2-0 in the end but it was pr- almost like a perfect performance. Yes, Stoke had a couple of chances when they had that little spell, that one before mm. half-time that mm. you mentioned that Haladki saved his feet and another one after half-time where it fell to, I think it's Pearson and Hell of a block. Burgess is it or oh. Wolfenden gets a block in and just takes it wide. But you're not going to stop teams at this level having chances. So you no, just no. need you need that bit of luck to make mm. sure that they don't fly in the back of the goal. And, and we got that yesterday. But I think if that had finished 4-0 yesterday, I don't think that would have flattered us that, that game. No. Actually, that was a good. I forgot about that. Pearson chance was was an unbelievable block. One, as I expected that, just a yeah, you know, it was running to him perfectly. He wasn't central position. You expected that to be, you know, in the corner. But yeah, oh, I someone think someone in the chat tell before. us Ben Pearson's career goals to game. So I bet it's oh yeah, <laughs> I bet it's, it's not that not great, that great looking, is it? Is it? But I could no. be I could be wrong. Um, do you want to take us into the um? They got nothing to add on the the first half, um, guys. Do you want no. to take us into the second half then, Joe? Well, we came out after half time, and, and that sort of first 10, 15 minutes of it was a real sort of storm to weather. They really pressed us high up the pitch and were getting the ball back. And we were we were still trying to play out. And we're still doing okay getting out, but it just wasn't there wasn't really anyone for it to stick to up top. So it was coming back. And probably if you look at the sort of territory of the game and the average ball position, that was probably the the period of the game where it's closest to our goal for sort of 10, 15 minutes. And you know, you know they're going to get a chance, which we just mentioned about with Pierce and um, Pearson shot there. But you know you just got to stand firm in these times, in these sort of 10, 15 minute spells when t- when teams get those. And I thought we stood really firm. And I, th- I think it was the playing out from the back that sort of almost got us got us out of this because they kept pressing high and Hladke was sort of really coming out, taking the ball on the touchline, finding Bird, just trying to play the ball into feet and into the midfield. And Morsey, who I thought taking the ball under pressure yesterday, just he just took it under pressure so many times and turned, kept the ball, moved it along. And it was just, it, it felt like just continuing to do the right things and continuing to do what maybe the crowd don't always want to see, but the manager wants to see is what is what got us out of that funk. It, it got us out of that 10, 15 minute spell of dominance by just turning them around and, and keep doing it. And, and this is, this is why we do it. This is why McKenna wants us to play like this, but yes, it's not always a comfortable watch at times. Yeah, in certain areas, high risk and in certain areas you see, you know, but Morsey is just so good. I don't think he lost possession in that situation once yesterday. And, you know, um, I've got to say, Hladke's very good, very good with a ball at his feet. I probably is slightly better, I would say. I mean, it's been said before, probably slightly better than probably slightly better than Walton with a, with a ball at his feet. And yeah, and, and Joe's right, you know, we once or twice when we needed to take the pressure off, we were able to beat that first press and then as Joe said, turn them around and then turn around and play. I've got to say, yesterday, Massimo Luongo was like a Terminator yesterday. <laughs> he was an absolute beast, wasn't he? What a player. And those two just incredibly just complement each other so well. And he just, Luongo just gets around the pitch so well as well, doesn't he, Joe? He's just unbelievable player. Incredible. We see, we see him popping up in that sort of left-hand channel Mate, up front honestly, as well. And... He is different 
different class. I'd say, oh, we'll get to it in the end, I'd say three players yesterday, probably everyone was at a level yesterday. Burns, I thought, had his best game for a while. I thought he was very good. Um, but Wolf and then Luongo and Morsey. I honestly thought, I don't know what you thought, which I, well, well, we'll get to it at the end. God, sorry, John. I'm, ben, I'm sort of... But I just think that's that. great for the signing of Taylor, isn't it? Because I always remember the podcast we did with David Johnson about how to how to bring players into mm. a team mm. and how it's so much easier when the team's doing well and you can just wait and wait and wait. No one, no one's clamoring for Taylor to, you know, to get in. And I did just want to pick up on Joe's point and I totally agree with where you were going with that, Joe. And we know that we don't want to be preachy on the podcast. It's not our job to tell fans what to think and what football they like. And if you don't like playing around the bat, that's absolutely fine and that's reasonable. But when... We give away a goal, which we will at some point this season. Someone's going to nick it off us and score. You have to remember that got us the three points um, at Sunderland, you know, under immense pressure being able to keep the ball and keep that moving around the back. And we're about to talk about the the second goal and the kind of culmination of getting through difficult moments in this game. So you've got to take the rough with the smooth and we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater when, I, I hope we don't, but when inevitably someone's going to nick the ball off us and and score at, at, at this level. Um, so substitutions, um, in came Caden Jackson and um, Marcus Harness. Where did they um, Where did they feature, um, Joe? What did it look like when they came on? Well, Harness came on for Broadhead and effectively just took on the same role that Broadhead had had. But Jackson actually came on for George Hurst and went through the middle as a striker, as opposed to Ladapo coming on there. And at the time, I thought, ooh, interesting. And yet again, Kieran McKenna doesn't seem to get anything wrong, does he? And when you see the way Jackson played, it really helped us in sort of to continue that press of their sort of centre-back, like Wilmot was a player they were using to try and start play. And Jackson and Harness, their pressing between them just did not give just did not give him a minute or so, a second's time to to move with the ball. And you could see why maybe Jackson was preferred to Ladapo just because his physicality is sort of elite, really, in in the way he can get around the pitch and the way he can press people and the way he can keep going with it. And like I say again, we're, we're playing for the second goal. We're, the ball is back at Haladki's feet on the edge of the, on the sort of very on the byline, right on the touch. I think the ball goes back to him from Morsey. He rolled. I think it's there's a couple of passes before this, and Morsey drops it back to him there. He's under pressure, knocks it to Burgess. Burgess with a first time ball into into midfield and it's to harness and he takes it lovely on the turn, sort of on the half turn and loses his man. And all of a sudden this is, it's a bit frustrating because when you see the ITV highlight show, this is the point it picks it up from the highlights. It misses that lovely bit of play mm. in there before. And all of a sudden harness is away, gives the ball to Chaplin. Chaplin has an option to go through to Jackson at the start. Jackson makes a really good run there, but he goes to cross to Burns and Jackson just, like it's almost like he's invisible in the box. He just drifts off his man and burns. He's got a chance to pick him out and just rolls the ball perfectly to him. And it's two nil. And it's it's the the thing that's turned the game around is the playing out from the back, which is in this goal. The two substitutions again work perfectly. Both involved in this and both do very well. And like I say it's no less than we deserved, is it? I, I should mention, Dave, in the interest of balance, if we'd conceded this goal. Um, we would be commenting on defender having Jackson and I don't know what the words Joe used. Yeah, to it. and he kind of—it's like he passes him on, and there's nobody behind him. Well, it is the key. Loses the key him, the, doesn't he? The key to the goal is um, is harness. This harness spin. Harness really shouldn't. You know, you probably you shouldn't let harness spin there. You have got to take one for the team, probably there. If you know, 
probably because he's probably only midway in our half. And Joe said, I think it was, I think um, looking back on it, right in front of me again, I think that um, Plecky plays the ball with Luongo, who knocks it first time to Burgess. And as soon as Jackson spins his man and gives it to Chaplin, I said to my boy, I said, oh, this would be a good goal. And it was just from then on, it was just just perfect, perfect goal. And not for once, because we're just being a bit um, harsh on him, but you know, Burns waits, waits his time and plays the, plays the right pass. And as Joe said, it's really clever move. Yeah, you, you could say, yeah, he's got between two defenders there, but you look at Jackson's movement, it's really good, really good. Pulls up his man and a, a really, um, I thought he scuffed it at first, but I don't think he does. He sort of balls a bit behind him and he sort of swivels and just sort of just, um, yeah, side foot to him a corner. It's, a, it's just a great goal, really. Dave, I, I wanted to just pick up on Joe's point about um, elite physicality of Jackson. And obviously, Jackson's been here under a, a couple of managers, let's just say. And we've seen a, lo- a lot of the teams that recruit well are happy to utilise players that have one particular thing that they're extremely good at. And it feels now we have a manager that can actually parlay that into something on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he's clearly liked him since since day one. I mean, we look, we all thought coming to the end of the Cook era that he was he was gone. He was done, wasn't he? And then all of a sudden, if you remember, um, turns up it was MK Dons away and plays that role. Do you remember MK Dons away, the nil-nil game when, you know, the season, they, so what, 18 months ago? Um, well, so more than that. Um, February, wasn't it? Um, and suddenly, you know, clearly, clearly he rates him, clearly works hard with him on the on you know on the training pitch clearly jackson's got a very very good attitude really really must have a great attitude as well because he's selfless really and um yeah i I just think it was lovely for him to get the goal to get the goal yesterday but what i would say special mention for harness harness was really good when he came on as well wasn't he joe yep yeah they they both they both were and again i think harness is another one that you could talk about his physicality off the ball his pressing the way he can work that and i'd say good managers can sort of Highlight a t- highlight a player's strength and hide their weaknesses, yeah, and I think that's what he does. That's totally what he agree. does with Jackson, where he he it's almost like he uses them as a little chess piece in certain games. Yeah. If they if we're playing a team and their left back likes to play really high, he'll put him there because he knows he's going to put him back. Yesterday, when the centre back is the one that they're using to try and build play, rather than bring the dapper on who can hold the ball, he wants somebody who's going to get in their face all game. And Jackson's just a player that's going to be able to be used and it, throughout and it, the season. At times when Jackson was on there, it was you know when they were do, when they were pressing pressing hard, Lackey was going long to him as well, which which I thought was interesting. He was sort of, you know isolating almost a couple of times. It was one on one, ball didn't quite break break for him, but yeah, you could see the intention there. Um, I'll do the numbers. Um, I'll get the guys' summings up. If you want to put your summings up in the comments, I'll try and read a few out. Apologies if it doesn't get read out, but we are being watched by lots and lots of people tonight, and the chat is moving very. Um, Fast. By the way, thank you all for your support. And if you could hit the thumbs up button, that helps us out massively. Um, so these numbers, Joe, are just uh, extremely good, as you can imagine. Um, 44-56 in Stokes' favour on the possession, but 2.05 on the XG to oh. 0.63. 22 shots to nine. It comes up one big chance um, apiece. And I think that kind of bears out your description of um, how things played out, guys. Um, give me a give me a summings up on this game, and then I just want to get into a bit more of a conversation um, about about momentum. But you go first, Dave. Yeah, I just thought we managed the game terrifically well. 
And and Neil sort of said said about it in his press conference, didn't he? You know, the crowd. I mean, a, a big fact yesterday again. The crowd were the crowd was fantastic. You're twenty nine thousand there. You had section six in their new spot in the um, you okay. know, the upper the right hand side of the cobbled, which I think made a difference. And it seemed to be a really good atmosphere right the way around the ground. And you know, I think the intensity as well. And, and, and Neil touched on that in his press conference. Didn't the intensity? He said, look, you know, you come here. You really again as we. Perhaps at Sunderland, we spoke about it last week. You need to silence. All right, perhaps it's not quite as quite as intense as maybe forty thousand at the stadium alike. But even so, you know, you've got to silence the crowd. And he said, you know, what we didn't do two or three minutes. You know, as Joe said, we nick the you know we nick the ball high up the pitch, created two or three good chances, and that's it. You know, we were we were in the ascendancy straight from straight from the off. And I think we just carried that. We looked so really fit. We really looked really fit and strong right through the right through the right through the team, right through the game. Um, and yeah, I think that was that was really that was really the difference, really. Um, before I go to you, Joe, can we just say a big thank you to Gary, who I believe we met at the um, at the Curry, didn't we? Yes, um, we did. ten, ten pounds on the super chat. Right. Um, thank you so so much, um, Gary, for that. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, Joe, um, summons up, please. Yes, yeah, so I was listening to a Premier League preview last week, talking about teams and Where's the teams. Going came, with this, I know, and the teams that came up. And, All right. <laughs> and so one of the comments the next twelve months ahead. <laughs> if, if if you're a team that can look after the ball and pass the ball well and counter attack quickly, then generally you're going to be good in any league, and that is that's exactly what we do. Every every player is comfortable on the ball, and last year, whilst we used to dominate possession, I think that was a. I think that was just because other teams would let us have the ball. Where teams try and go against us now, if anything, it probably plays more into our favour that our counter-attacks and our attacking patterns are so good when we when we get the chance to do those. We, we do those so quickly and everyone knows where they want to be. I think almost we're not going to get 98 points like we did last season, but almost like the division and the style of teams playing against us suits us more that there's a, there's a lot more space for us to play in as opposed to sitting there and trying to break break down teams where they've got 10 behind the ball. That's that's hard for any team to do. And I so, said, yeah, just just really positive. We we are we we play like a top team, don't we? Hmm. Right, let's yep. try and get let's try and get our heads around this then because Dave, it feels more even more pronounced this year. And I do agree with um Russell Martin's take on the transfer window and how it can distort the first month. I do agree with Joe Fair's point that he made in pre-season about lots of managers uh, new in, lots of teams have changed and you you might get a fair wind for six weeks or eight weeks. Where, where are you with this, Dave? You can give me a bit of both if you want, but where are you with short-term gain that others are going to make up on us in four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, more powerful, wealthier teams, more star power against the possibility that we're actually a good championship side, which I re- <laughs> I refuse to believe yet, just out of pure self-preservation, however much I want it to be true. Yeah, you're, you're yeah, okay, yeah, you've got another hat to wear, haven't you, as well, obviously, <laughs> but um. I mean, no, I think you're right. Yeah, squads, yeah, and we've we, you know we spoke about the um, uh, you know the trickle down effect from you know from the Premier League and moves, and obviously well well publicised. There's been some big moves already this weekend. Um, looks like I don't know if it did happen today, but Southampton looks like Ward Prowse is probably going to go to West Ham if he hasn't done already. I think that was almost done deal. Um, so yeah, well, it, yeah, I, I think the the bigger clubs with the parachute with the parachute payments, it will take time, perhaps for squads to perhaps for squads to settle down. I mean, I looked at 
you know, looked at the Leicester squad. They went at Huddersfield, didn't they? Yesterday, looking at the Leicester squad, and you think, yeah, there's still some, <laughs> there's still some players, some serious, serious players in that squad. How many more will go? I don't know. They seem maybe that is, maybe that will be their, you know, their remaining squad now. But I mean, don't forget, we're still looking to perhaps bring another potentially two or you know two or three in. So yeah, um, you know, our position could change somewhat. But um, yeah, um, <clears throat> the old the old cliche points on the board. Yeah. This is exactly what exactly the start we wanted. What are your thoughts, Joe? And can you can you understand how I'm trying to pitch this in terms of we we have sections in the season, don't we? And there's certainly a lot of sorting out going to go on amongst all 24 of the teams right through. Probably, I don't know when the second international break is, but it's certainly going to go right into October, isn't it? Okay. Before the teams are going to really be perhaps where we are in terms of pattern of playing continuity and momentum. Yeah. And, I, and it's also about sort of strength of schedule at times as well. Cause if you look at it now, we've had probably quite a tough start. Sunderland away is probably one of the toughest starts then Stoke at home, which I don't, I know that's changed recently, but they probably a team that weren't people expected to well. Then, then we've got QPR Leeds, Cardiff is after that. We've, we've sort of got our first six games. We've got quite a decent run of fixtures. And if, if we can really make hay there, our season really, really cranks up at sort of December time. If you're in a position yep. where you've you've managed to get some really good points on the board up until that point and we're second going into the start of December, just even though you've got harder games coming up, the momentum just is is all in your favour at that point there, isn't it? So just the way the way that the fixture the way that the fixture system works for you, it can just totally kickstart your season. So when you're playing a team that you think is a hard game, if you're playing them when you're second as opposed to 14th and hoping to get in a, in, in a better oh, run. Say it then, Joe. You're talking about Leeds, aren't you? Yeah, Leeds. I think we, that's a really good time to play Leeds. We've got <laughs> I'm, non, Joe, non sorry, sorry to interrupt. To play there. Sorry to interrupt, Joe. I was, I was just going to say um, before, I was terrified of that fixture. Mm. And if I could swap Leeds and QPR around a week now, get them up here next week. Do you know what I mean? That's where I yeah. am now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jack Harrison looks like he's going today. And it's. Like I said their their takeover dragged on into the summer, didn't it? Dragged on really late, and now they're they're, they're just massively behind where we are. And we, we've got to make if if we want to mount a promotion campaign this season, if we want to mount a tilt at the top six, this is the time where we need to get points on the board because the points any points we get now they count the same as what they do when you're in March, don't they? You, this this is the time to do it. And yeah, we pro- we might be getting ahead of ourselves just because we've won two games and won two games well. But I don't think we've got a huge amount of fear in this division with regards to no. We're, we're going to be looking up, not looking down, aren't we? Yeah, hundred percent. Thank you to the guys in the chat. A few people said it's the fourteenth, fifteenth that weekend of October, and mm. you know there might be fans of certain teams who are thinking right, okay, if we've sorted out and moving by that weekend, then I'll be happy given what we're looking at now. Um, right, we're going to get into the other goings-on in the Championship. Then we're going to get to your questions. And then we'll have a little look at QPR and whatnot. But first, a message from our sponsors. Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth, and the development of an AI centre of excellence in Suffolk. Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge with more to follow. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Right, guys, let's have a look at what else went on in the championship. I was going to be really smug then and say, the stuff going on below us in the championship for the 23 teams. Look, it's been terrible for seven years of the podcast. Yeah. I can't in- but I can't enjoy our, our historical highest indulge. position since whatever indulge it was, 20, 2018. Yeah, let's indulge ourselves for a, for a second. Um, right, I'll bash through these results, guys. If you want to pick out one or two that you want to kind of talk about um, and just how the division's starting to shape up. Uh, it's Coventry 3, Middlesbrough, Neil Burrow. Look at shadow of the team of last season. Coventry, um, Hamer now out, but they look like they've retooled fairly well. Birmingham 1, Leeds nil. Leeds are... A mess, as Joe just discussed. Um, Cardiff won, QPR two. Well, they needed that. Huddersfield nil, Leicester won in like second gear for Leicester as well, which is a bit worrying for everybody. Hull four, Sheffield Wednesday two, still zero points for Wednesday. Millwall nil, Bristol City one, right late in the day there. Uh, Preston two, Sunderland one. Sunderland started with two defeats. Now Rotherham two, Blackburn two. Um, that was a comeback from 2-0 down and an interesting red card that I'm sure will come up in the chat. Southampton 4, Norwich 4. <laughs> How about that? Um, Watford 0, Plymouth 0. Well played, Plymouth. Good start by them. Four points. West Brom 3, Swansea 2. What's jumping off the page to you, David Diamond, there? Um, I don't know, really. I think um, I know you're very you were big on Millwall, Bristol City. Decent, decent result. Win at Millwall. Good, you know. I've got to say, and Alex Scott has now gone since we've last spoken. Hasn't yes, he? for what twenty million plus, twenty about. million, five million add-ons. But we don't. Yeah, know wow. Um, Plymouth, good point at Watford. Watford hit the, obviously hit the ground running. You know, hammered QPR last week. So a good, decent result. Decent result for Plymouth there. Um, Sunderland, a touch unfortunate. You see Will King's goal exactly the same as Nathan Broadhead's <laughs> <Yes>. last week. <laughs> totally bizarre. Absolutely the same, wasn't it? Really, really odd. Um, 
But no, um, other than that, and then the Nor- I must admit, the Norwich game, um, leaving leaving Portman Road, I thought, oh, uh, this the, it looked like they were top and we were second. So it looked like they won 4-3. And then uh, the Other way around, the, Dave. We would have still um, been top on goal difference. Oh, we would have still been. Okay. Um, but, I discussed with a couple of Norwich fans on Twitter this morning. If you want gotcha, to laugh, go and look okay, at my Twitter okay, feed. <laughs> and then um, imagine imagine my, um, I say delight, imagine my surprise that um, they conceded a 97 plus one penalty, which was a, obviously a reversal of their their winner um their winner against Hull last week so um yeah some interesting uh, interesting results there you made a good point about Leicester yeah I, I, again the highlights showed they looked a bit in second gear really Joe we got to add um, I think the interesting one is QPR's win at Cardiff which looked very very smash and grab when you look at the stats in it there um the sort of number of touches QPR, QPR had on the ball, which is not very many, as you can imagine. It's just hump the ball long and try and get things there. Sinclair Armstrong causing problems. I think Cardiff hit the bar a couple of times. But the reason I bring that one up is because obviously we play QPR next week. And I think it's much better going going into that game at Loftus Road with QPR having three points on the board as opposed to having zero points on the board. <laughs> Joe, surely that's confirmation bias. Do you believe that? Yeah, because I think if you go there with zero on the board... They're, they're just going to be there thinking we, we just need to stop the rot effectively. We oh, need okay, to get ourselves a point here. Like the that... Rovers did on Valentine's Day, right? Yeah, potentially. And I used to know that when we used to play under sort of Mick, if, if we lost a couple of games in a row, two or three games in a row, it's just he, he always found a way that you effectively you need to stop losing before you can start winning almost. So it's, we're just going to go and get a draw. And I think Ainsworth would have had a similar mentality. So now I'm sort of quite pleased that we're not going there against them like that. I did know I did know that Andre Dezel played the full match yesterday, the full ninety five or how many minutes it was yesterday. I'd be interested to see him up against if he's playing that role in uh centre mid Nick, against Sammy Sammy Morsey and Luongo. As well. QPR actually playing midweek, don't they? Because their home oh, games yeah. were delayed, weren't they? But um yeah, that'll be an interesting one. But yeah, that was a big win for certainly a big win for Ainsworth, wasn't it? Um I mean, the Sunderland one again. The Sunderland, as I've touched on that, the Will King goal, but that's two defeats, obviously in a row, in a row now, and it's seemingly reading between the lines. Mo, all, all is not well between Mowbray and the and the owners, so we understand. So yeah, that's an interesting position at the moment. That feels um, like early time on that one, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 Early days, obviously. Right, guys. Um, I'm going to go to the table in a minute, which you're all going to enjoy. All right. Um, get your questions in if you can stick it. Oh, they're so well trained, aren't they? Stick a cue before it and a question mark um, after it. Um, that'll help me pick them all out, and we'll we'll go to the guys um, for some. Um, and then we will look ahead to um, the, the QPR game, not in great detail because the boys will do that um, much better than we will right now. They do that on Thursday night show. There is the league table, gentlemen. Uh-huh. Nine teams started the weekend on three points. Two of those teams were beaten. Five of those teams drew. And only the strong survive at the top there on six points. The perfect start. There's not really a hell of a lot else to say. Couldn't have been better. I think I'm trying to remember back, Joe, to our kind of prognostications. I think I was like, take a point at Sunderland, see what you can do against Stoke and QPR. If you can get four out of those two games, you're looking good, fully expecting to lose against Leeds. But it all feels a bit different to that now. Yeah, I think people were talking sort of seven or eight points over August. If you could get eight points, that's a decent month to go with. So, well, it was yeah, six, sure. six already in two. And you don't want to 
plus you don't want you don't want to go too mad with what's happened so far but it, it's not just the actual victories it's the manner of the victories as well i think i think well sunderland maybe that could have gone another way on another day but i thought we we deserved the win there but yesterday was as sort of comfortable and good a win as you're going to see at this level yeah two nil doesn't sound sound all that great sometimes when we used to be in we did six nil six nil four nil three nil last season but it just felt like another game last year more intensity to it but i think that's the 10th win in a row at portman road since such a wednesday game now and it's just and I, I think in that time we've only conceded like one or two goals in that time as well so it's just like i say we, it's just it is turning into a fortress again isn't it crazy time and that that second goal was a goal very reminiscent of any goal we scored last season, wasn't it? How many goals did we score like that last season? A few, I'd say. It's carried over. Right, get your questions in, guys. Um, I'll scroll up a little bit and see where we are starting. Let's start here. Uh, Joe, when do you see Taylor coming into the side from Matt? Hard to see at the moment, isn't it? Because I, Luongo and Morsi are just absolutely on another level at the moment, aren't they? And it's, I, I'm not saying he's not going to find a way into the team, but I wonder whether he finds a way into the team more as a sort of 10 in mm. sort of later on in games coming in at sort of like 60 minutes when we need to sort of try and retain possession a bit more, but still have a bit of goal for it on the break. And it becomes a slightly, um, slightly different role but he'll, he'll he'll find his way into the team at some point and there, there may be an injury there may be form there may be midweek games but i say Morsi and Luongo have been absolutely superb in both games haven't they and they just give us such if, a strong platform to play from if they stay fit and available there's no way he's getting past them no way just um, don't see it. Dave Padger Knight Badger any chance we go back in for Selena wow. before where the did that come from Wow. Badger, night badger. Well, okay, fine. <laughs> Selena, where, the, where even is he? Well, well, I don't I'll know, actually. Assume he hasn't even got a club, Joe. He was at Stoke last year, wasn't he? He on was pretty the second half. He was yeah. Pretty, yeah. I guess he's still contracted to Dijon, but I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't really see that, do we? Do we see that? I, I don't see it personally, but did he... I, I, you lose track. Did he play... At, yeah, did he play under um, at the start of McKenna's? Was he here then? Yeah, was he? Yeah, yeah, at yeah. The end he of was, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. I, personally, I don't. I, that's the first I've heard any sort of any any notion of that. So I'd be quite surprised at that. Still hoping for the lad from Crystal Palace. To be fair. Yeah, it looks like there's going to be a big fight for him over the next yeah. few weekends, doesn't yeah. it? Um, Joe from Charlie, does this good start make it slightly easier, more appealing to bring new players? In the window, won't do any harm, will it? Yeah, no, I, I think it absolutely does because there's a, obviously an issue with getting players over the line. And whilst whilst we can all see the project that's going on here, maybe to the outside view, Ipswich is seen as a club that hasn't been in the Premier League for 20 years and things like that. And maybe doesn't have the same name as opposed to even like a Stoke or someone like that who have a sort of a Premier, Premier League club and have been for a, a, lot, of, a lot of years in the last, Sort of fifteen, they probably spent ten of those in the Premier League. So we've we've got some building to do. But if like I say, if you keep winning, there's I think there's a lot of talk of McKenna in the game. But you see, there's a, a lot of winning, and if we stay in that sort of top part of the league, we're going to be a very attractive proposition to players who want to maybe get a sort of promotion on their CVs. It was a great uh, chat in our Telegram group earlier. They said that perhaps the roadworks on the A12 and A14 might count against us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I do agree with that. Yeah, um, Dave, Joe, why was Luongo only given a one-year contract? Well, I think is, is there an option on that? Quickly, I don't know, but last year there was 
talk before he signed for Middlesbrough that he wanted to move back to Australia. He'd he'd signed a short-term contract with them to try and get something for the World Cup. That's why his contract expired in January. So we then signed it from there. So maybe he still does want to get back down south for family or sort of back down under for family reasons. And he he wants to go there in sort of a year. But I I think if he has a year and he plays as well as he has done through the back end of last season this year, I think we'll be making him an offer to stay for another year and it might just keep going like that. But I guess it's an agreement between player and club of what suits everyone best at the moment. Yeah, you think if if he keeps playing like he's playing in you know the enjoyment he must get a, a plan in a team like that that you know that would keep him you know he's perhaps got just renewed vigor renewed enthusiasm for the game maybe maybe he just fell out a bit out of love with the game when he was at when he was at Middlesbrough probably did back um, to some injuries I'll, as well I'll stick with you then Dave Ashley do you see Ladapo being here past the window closing yeah I think so I don't see I don't see why not I think at the moment certainly um there's not too much cover. All right, Jackson came in and played a slightly different role yesterday, didn't he? Played that through the middle role, but yeah, um, an injury to an injury. There it is. There it is. Jesus an injury. Christ. An injury to Hurst, and then you're um, injury to Hurst, then you're up against it, aren't you? Um, I, I think with Ladap as well, there's just a lot of trade. We're obviously struggling to bring players in it, and there's a lot of trading that's going to need to take place for him to go because effectively we're going to need to sign two strikers to lose him. Where right, yeah, yeah. I, I think ideally we want to bring one more in. I think we want Ladapo to effectively be number three between Hurst and A and other to rotate it. But I just think it's going to be difficult to get it all done. It's a, it's a lot of work to do. Um, Norman, given the comments McKenna made about transfers, is Ashton finding this window harder than expected? I think that's probably right, isn't it, Joe? Feels it, doesn't it? When yeah. you when you hear about the sort of players we've gone in for, like an Ellis Sims, and all of a sudden Coventry have blown us out of the water, it seems like there's a lot more teams in that sort of middle tier of championship clubs that have got a bit of money to spend this year because they've they've done some good trading in the past. Maybe like Millwall, maybe next with that. Dutch guy maybe going as well. That's quite a few million quid that could release. Obviously, Coventry have had Jokeresh and Hamer go. So there's a lot more Bristol in that City market. Bristol City have got money, haven't they? Bristol City have got the Alex Scott money. And you see, obviously, well, we, we assume it was Luke McNally, but when you hear Mark Ashton talking in his interview when he's over in Austria and he's talking about, oh, yeah, there's two or three very close. It sounded quite sounded bullish about bench it. sounded bullish at Stoke, dearie me. Yeah, and he's quite bullish about it. And then... Obviously, that deal falls out of bed for whatever reason. And now it doesn't sound like anything is close. So it's almost back to square one and probably it's going to go right to the end of the window. Mm. Um, Dave, uh, much as Wolf, uh, Rich, uh, Wolfen and Morsi with Longo. Um, contributions of Burns, Harness and Jackson. Um, we've spoken about, speak a bit about Burns, um, Dave, uh, specifically in terms of um, this kind of very gradual steps up and up and up. And he, he makes the makes the grade every time, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He was much better yesterday. Really, really was. I say much better. It's only been one game, Sunderland, Sunderland game, wasn't it? But he was. I think he was pretty much on it. From um, made a really good break really early on that first shot of the game, which could save from Travers. I think that was probably just about heading in. Joe would perhaps had a better view than that. But yeah, he was just on it. He just appeared on it throughout the game and. How on earth Ender Stevens and the other left-sided player did not pick up yellow cards yesterday? I mean, two or three times, but he assaulted him for Christ's sake. Um, but he was, yeah, he was, he was really back on it yesterday, and obviously a great assist for the second goal as well. Yeah, um, he, he comfortably make comfortably he'll make the step up as well. I stay with you, Dave, quickly because you love Kyle Edwards, um, Mister Ipswich Town. That's Paul Lambert. Uh, what do you think about Edwards leaving? Genuinely think he can give us something different. Yeah, look, he, he does. And yeah, I'm a very big fan. I think, yeah, he's not going to start, but he's certainly an impact player. And he does give you something different on the bench. And yes, one or two games last season, he did certainly 
certainly change. Um, but from what we understand from you know um, from the managers sort of pre you know press this this last week is that it appears to be kind of a mutual thing that look Ed, it's Edwards he wants to start he's twenty he's no kid is he anymore he's twenty five I think he's got a year left maybe on his contract he's twenty five and he wants to go somewhere to start so yeah I was pleased to kind of pleased to hear that was the case rather than him getting I didn't think it would be him getting bombed out so yeah you know at twenty five you can't blame the lad for um you know, wanting to move somewhere and get regular football, and he will somewhere. Whether it's in the championship, don't don't know, but he'll he'll find that somewhere. And and good luck to the lad. Clearly, he's a you know seemingly a really cheerful guy to have around the have around the place. He's got a really, seemingly a really good attitude as well. Um, yeah, but he's just not going to get. It's just how we're set up. He's just not going to get a start, is he? Um, Especially Joe's with Hutchison coming in as well. It's an interesting question from John, actually, um, which harks back to our thing about Jackson and have you found the right role that hides his weaknesses? Um, so it sounds like I'm being tough on Jackson. I'm just saying that he's got one thing he's really excellent at, and they've kind of, kind of speed, kind, kind of run speed, speed and running in behind. Yeah. Um, but John asked, do you think Jackson is now back considered a nine as well as a wider forward after his appearance yesterday? I think he's almost a utility forward, isn't he? I think he's one that. Certain games will 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 suit him in different roles in there. I, I don't think he's a player that you say, "Oh, we're going to start him as a nine for four or five games in a row," because we've seen enough that that isn't that isn't going to work for him. He he can't be that type of player always, and I, I just think he's just a very versatile forward that is just going to be used in a position that McKenna can see that it exploits somebody, whether it's a space in behind, whether it's a, tr a pressing trigger, something like that. But I, I think he's just a, like I say, a utility, a utility player almost now, as opposed to a nine. I think he's just a utility forward almost. Um, this is from John. This is a good question, actually. Is there an argument that we're still yet to be probably tested at the back against the team of an established number nine centre forward? I think, I think, I agree with John that as much as Stoke had a good win on opening day, they weren't weren't a big test, and you know Sunderland had. Yeah, no, well, no. I mean they they had those big. <laughs> I can't sit here and say um, teams are going to take eight weeks, Dave, to sort themselves out and say we haven't had a big test after two games yet. But John's kind of right, isn't he? Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, Stoke really didn't have much threat, and certainly Sunderland didn't. Well, certainly not through the middle. Certainly from wide, they did with Clark and Roberts last week, um, and Stoke didn't really have any, have any great threat through the middle. So I think John probably makes a, you know, makes a good point. And Joe, as Joe touched on um, earlier, the QPR striker um, was it Sinclair? Sinclair um, Armstrong. Yeah. Sinclair Armstrong. Yeah might be a perhaps a slightly different challenge on uh, you know this coming he's weekend. A, he's a youngster though, Dave. He's, he's not, not established. A, exactly. he's established. Not a, yeah, he's yeah. not established. I mean yeah. looking through the fixtures, Ben, you know the championship, looking through the fixtures coming up. <laughs> Leeds are all on strike, aren't they? Leeds are all yeah. on strike. Probably maybe who, who Cardiff, would be? Yeah. Cardiff, maybe Sheffield Sheffield went no Huddersfield before no, yeah, Sheffield Wednesday maybe. <laughs> Established striker Smith or something like that who does cause us problems. Oh, he'll be he'll back. He'll be, he'll be back with Warney at Derby before September well, first. Don't worry know. about that. Yeah, yeah there, you, um, there you go. Yeah, Joe. Um, even more important, we get the correct style for a potential Humphreys loan. Have heard Oxford are keen. Can Joe confirm? Even the no on this one, Joe. <laughs> no, I'm not. But it wouldn't surprise me. If he was, um, really, Joe. Liam Manning and Chris Hogg there. I know. George Burley, I think he mentioned on Life's a Pitch that he sort of goes down there to, to watch nearly all their games as well when he 
as well as the Ipswich games, he watches a oh, lot yeah. as well. So yeah. I'd, I'd, there's, there's obviously strong links there between the academy, the Brian Kluge, and people like that, and those guys. And they, they do play a sort of very easy on the ice style yeah. as they did there. And yeah, that, that's probably as, as good a fit as anywhere if he's going to go somewhere. Be a really nice uh, move. When he came on, I've got to say, when he came on Wednesday against Bristol Rovers, he looked really sharp, really, really sharp. All right, it was late on in the game, and he did come on with Chaplin and Hurst as well, which I suppose made a slight difference. But he he, he did look quite good. So I agree with Joe. Yeah, Oxford played the right way. That'd be a, that'd be a really nice move for him. I think. I'm going to Derby Oxford on Tuesday actually. So if they could really? sort that out in time, I can give you an in-person report. Uh, Dave, uh, Ian, do we expect teams to start parking the bus like League One teams did if we keep? <laughs> winning and how long before they do you could, you could probably answer that one better than me do you see that I, I... not in um, well I mean Ian specifically asks when I oh, when um, okay yeah, yeah I agree with Joe actually I, I know I was kind of um, being a bit playful with him about QPR but Joe's right there's there would have been more chance of QPR parking the bus event one yeah yesterday I yep. and again Cardiff and Errol Ballou are in the in the still in the first month you can't you can't take over a club and, you know, right, stick everyone behind. Expensive. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, behind the ball. But, yeah, when it gets into autumn and teams are struggling and managers' livelihoods are on the line and they don't want to lose, yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, maybe we're, we're six points clear at the top. Yeah, you're Stop right. It. It's ridiculous, Target. Dave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Skip, question for BB. I'll take it. Have we played these teams at an ideal time when they are subpar versus last season? Which is um it is probably a bit of both, isn't it? I do think we caught Sunderland at a, at a good time, didn't we? I, I think, like you said about Mowbray, there's a little bit of chaos there and it's obviously easier to play Sunderland without Ross Stewart than it is yep. with Ross Stewart. Um, with Stoke, uh, I mean, we kind of mooted it, didn't we, with double figures coming in? And I mean, you guys were at the game. I wasn't yesterday, so you'd be able to confirm to me that they haven't settled yet as a team despite winning the first game. 4-1 against Rotherham. Um, and I'm hopeful that we might get the timing against Leeds as well. Like we've mentioned a couple of couple of times with all the um all the Do on, you expect to have seen Nonta move by then? Um well whatever happens, I don't expect to see him at Portman Road. <laughs> I, think yeah. that, I think that's pretty that, much it. What I meant to ask well. you earlier, just checking back, what's happening with Akpom and Borough? He's going to Ajax, isn't he? Is he, is he, is he gone yet or not? Yeah, so that and Joe makes a good point. That's another team that's going to have 14 million or whatever it is yeah. incoming that you can add to, you know, if you're in the market for a 2 million quid player, or you know, that, that starts to go up, doesn't it? Has he actually gone? So I know last week he was on the bench for Borough, wasn't he? But he's, he's, it, he's, um, it sounds like it's all been agreed today. I think yeah, he's yeah David Ornstein's pretty reliable on that and he's... Um, he's reported it, hasn't he? So, um, right, let's have a little look ahead, guys. Thank you so, so much for all your questions. Um, brilliant stuff down there. And come on, guys, if you're going to try and troll me in the questions, you've got to try a little bit harder than a couple of the attempts that um, were wanted to be read, read out. You've got to get up early to beat me, I'm afraid. Oh. Um, so, QPR next week. Um, Dave, Joe's kind of theorized that um, it was actually all right that they got the win. How are you feeling about QPR? Because week one, they were everybody's basket case. Oh, my God, what's happening to QPR? 4-0, terrible. It was 4-0 at half time as well. Yeah. Stunk it out last season. Major shareholder went, technical director went, club captain went, three managers last season. Um, that was the fourth win 
in 31 championship games that was yesterday. So they have been rancid since um, McBeal went back in October. They haven't played at home yet. They play Norwich in the League Cup um, mm-hmm. in midweek. So uh, Richard and Seb will know more um, after that game. But um, they don't they don't become 10 times harder following an away win at I Cardiff, just... do they? No, Ben, we, we should go there with so much confidence. We will be on a high, won't we? Look, there's no full week of training. There's no midweek game this week. Um, yeah, we should go there f- absolutely brimful of confidence. Um, and it, yeah, I've seen us play on with with all B now. I've seen us play. We never, we never seen a. I mean, we have over the years. I know it was a three-one win. I think Walt was in school way back when. And um, but we, our record at QPR isn't great, is it? It's certainly not great. So. Yeah, it's um, and it's a tough, tough, tight little ground. Whether it'll be a full house or not, I don't know. I mean, I know we've we've certainly sold all our tickets. They were sold before they even got the season tickets, I believe, last last week. I think um, so. It'll be a good atmosphere, tight little ground, um, but we should be we should have so much confidence going going into that. And I tend to I tend to agree with Joe that it was probably a positive thing that QPR got the three points yesterday because it really would have been you know, backs, really proper backs to the wall stuff from them next week. So perhaps, you know, they will perhaps play a more expansive sort of expansive sort of game. Um, but I am pretty confident, I think, about that one. Um, inter- uh, Chris is, well, do another question. QPR, very tight pitch. Does this favour our style or not, Joe? Um, probably not. The fact that we've extended sort of Portman Road, we've made it four yards longer as wide as we can. McKenna obviously wants a bigger pitch because we've made the pitch pos- as big as it possibly can be. So we, we obviously prefer that, but I think it's just loft a rocking Loftus Road is always a tough place to play because yeah, the fans are right on top of you. But do we think it will be a, ro- a rocking Portman Road? Uh, sorry, a rocking Loftus Road. I, I don't think it will be. I don't think the fan base have sort of got that in them at the moment. It feels like they're a club just in, sort of peril really doesn't it i know they've they've won last week but i don't think it's a it doesn't feel like a fan base which is right behind the team and what's going on there and is believes in the project and is going to help push them on i think the crowd there if we just sort of standard manager bingo before an away game isn't it keep the crowd quiet for the first 15 20 minutes get, getting them turned on the home team and then go from there but really that it, it's a cliche but it is true that is what you need to do and it's what we did at at Sunderland last week, after we after we'd sort of stopped them, it's what Stoke didn't do to us yesterday, and it's what we we hope to do to QPR next week. We get out there and sort of boss them from the first whistle. Ben, um, odds on Gareth Ainsworth being back at Wickham before the end of the season? <laughs> Stop it! I'm not going to answer that one. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll answer that one with a question, though, Dave. Do you think um, if Michael Carrick has 14 million quid coming to Borough's bank account, he might fancy a bid for? Ilias Chair and or Chris Willock in the next yeah, week, please. Yeah, no, that's a good. Um, well, again, I've lost, I've lost track. What about the other lad had on loan last last year? Um, Archer. He's um, back at Villa, and he's available he's back for at transfer. Villa, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Burnley are doing Ramsey, the other lad who was really good on loan. At, uh, that looks like that's happening, doesn't it? Next I week, so. Has it happened? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, or, I yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. I can't keep up, but it does. It does look like I know Joe and I have tried to preempt all these little bumps in the transfer window. It does feel like with Scott and Hamer and Akpom all kind of going in quick succession that maybe that bump we thought was going to be in the final Ward, week of Ward Prowse. 
Yeah. Yeah, Ward Prowse. Well, and we're expecting Flynn Downs to go in on loan. Yeah, to, I saw that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be interested on your sort of general championship view on this, Ben, but it, it seems like every summer there's always like, oh, all these players could go. But it seems like this summer, all those players that could go are actually going, where, yeah. where it doesn't seem like normally, oh, they, they might go. And then a few of them end up staying there. But it seems like your Jokeresh, Hamer, Akpom, Scott, every, every single one who's been linked with a big move has mm. ended up making this big move. So oh, there's a hell of a lot of money flooding back into the championship this year where, I, said, I don't know, it just seems strange that they're all actually happening. Well, Joe, do you not think that that's just an acceptance now of the landscape of if you don't have that lovely big fat broadcast um, bonus that the parachute teams get, that you just know you've got to flog them. You know, well, I, think, I think it's more that they want to rather than have to, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. That they yeah, want right, to get the yeah. money. Because even, but even the parachute teams are losing all the players that you expect them to lose. They're all losing them all, aren't they? I guess Dewsbury Hall is probably the only one so far that doesn't look like he's going, but there's a long time to go between now yeah. and the end of the window, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it, it, yeah, it does feel a bit of a, a bit of a, balmy transfer window and the more the more I think about it the more I do. sometimes when I hear the managers saying they would they would like it moved back far closer towards the start of the season I think they're just moaning Dave but I, I tend to have some sympathy with them this summer I think so yeah as Joe said there's been a lot of big big championship big championship moves hasn't there but yeah, yeah let's hope um, I say let's hope look it'd be lovely I think if, if we if we can maintain you know, maintain our sort of current level and, you know, pick up, keep picking up these points. I mean, yeah, you're quite right. We're never going to, you know, we're not going to keep picking up wins, but keep picking up these points. And then, you know, the icing on a cake would be perhaps two or three more new signings come in to bolster the squad. And then, <laughs> and then, and then honestly, you think... Dave wants 15 points from the first five games. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. But you know what I mean? Yeah, the feel, you know, what the feel-good factors factors at the um at the club and and as you said the start we've had any you know the influence it had or if anyone you know any potential signing is way is sort of potentially wavering between us and another club the start the start we can have can only um you know can only be a benefit to us and and you know encouraging encouraging said signing to to come over but joe we can't back down from the opinion before the season that qpr was one we were looking at as as a potential Three pointer. We can't oh. change the fact that that would make it nine for nine for nine if they <laughs> if they can go ahead and do it right. No, and if we can keep winning, if we keep winning these games where we think on paper there's probably a good chance that we do win those. If we can keep winning those, and Kieran McKenna can keep coming up with a different game plan every week that sort of gets the best out of this squad and showcases us at our sort of absolute best every week, then yeah. You've, you've just got to do it. Make hay while the sun shines. Joe's right. If you, you you look at the you look at the squad, you look at the bench yesterday. There's so much flexibility there, isn't there? There really is. Um, that um, yeah, just he can come up with game plans to really pretty much suit you know suit any situation really. Yeah, um, depth the squad. Yeah, I I always I always remember my English teacher saying that you enjoy things in retrospect. And not at the time. And I really, really feel we should. I'm sure it will continue to be good, um, or may get even better. But Dave, we saw some messages in the Telegram today, just about how the club feels. And I just think while you're in that moment, oh, it's, it's important fantastic. to reflect on it. Um, 
how good does this feel this weekend? Oh, it's, it's, it's incredible. Just the feeling, you know, from the pub yesterday. The pub was at the Graham was absolutely ran before kickoff. Before kickoff yesterday. In fact, I think Rich Rich got there for our usual spot. I think he got there at quarter past eleven, and it was like uh, um, a hotel, you know, like a hotel pool in Benidorm sort of thing. <laughs> All pods were taken. So we surmised that you think going forward he's going to get there at nine o'clock and put an Ipswich shirt across uh, across his spot, you know, and sort of uh, reserve it. But yeah. It, it, it's just you know you're walking down the ground around the ground the the, the whole feel good factor is just there and it's it's just it's just incredible isn't it i you you always hope you know with a new ownership coming in what not in two years ago 18 months or so ago you know you, you really hope for it and yeah now it's starting to it's really starting to bear fruit and certainly i think perhaps much sooner than every everybody anyone really would have anticipated really it's, it's incredible really and, and, it's, and it's the whole, yeah, it's the whole town as well, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's buzzing. Like even today, I went over to the, there was a football fun day, IGFC Foundation football fun day at Kesgrave Community Centre in the fields. And you go there, and as we walk about, my wife said that there's a boy in a, in a messy shirt, and she's like, that boy in a messy shirt almost stands out because he's almost like the first person you see mm. not in an Ipswich shirt, mm. where before you just didn't really see Ipswich shirts about. And then there's hundreds of kids; they've all got Ipswich shirts on the last couple of years, older ones, goldie shirts, this that, and. I sort of stand in the queue and my boy and his boy was, speaks to us like, oh, did you go to the Manchester? I went, I've got a season ticket this year. Oh, I love that goal. And everyone is just, everyone is talking about Ipswich. Wherever you go in the town at the moment, everyone is talking about the football club and long may that continue. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, guys, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, what a lovely Blue Monday podcast to do um, from the top of the championship table. Yes, we know it's only two games, but by God, um, let us have our little moment, even if it is for... Um, for one weekend out of the last five years or whatever whatever it has <laughs> indeed been. Um, I think we'll have some pre-recorded content out maybe Tuesday this coming week. Richard and Seb are going to be back previewing QPR on Thursday night. Are of you going to QPR? Possibly. No. I Yeah, no. I've, I've been set up, but I'm not in the away end. But I will, I will be I will be present. At oh. said match um, on Saturday, which I'm very, very much looking forward to. My first look at our wonderful football team. Please don't blame me if it starts to go wrong when I show up, for goodness oh, yeah, sake. You're gonna, I'm sure yeah. many people, many people will. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining. Thank you for all your wonderful comments um, here live on YouTube. And, of course, thank you to all the people listening on the audio feed. Last word from you, Dave. Yeah, look, let's hope the feel-good factor continues. Three points next week at QPR and uh, another joyous, here's to another joyous show this time next week. Joe? Yep, can't wait. You just can't wait for the match at the moment, don't you? You just wish yeah. they were tomorrow, but no, bring it on. Bring it on. Thank you, everybody, for watching. See you very soon. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants.
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.